Before we would open up God's holy word, let's bow before him in prayer. Our Father and our God, we ask that you would speak to us in this evening hour. Lord, show us your ways, show us your path, and lead us to life everlasting. For we ask this in your Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't know how many of you have noticed the difference between the banner that is behind me, the picture on the class booklet, or the image that was on the Eastern Camp website. Each of them are a slight bit different. And I think each of them go in progression of each other. The booklet shows a man reading his Bible, sitting down probably in one of the pews, seeing what God would have to speak to him. We can obviously see the banner here of a man praying. And on the Eastern Camp website, it was a picture of a a huge tree where a person was just sitting underneath the tree. And the difference between the three, really, is what it said. The booklet and the banner say, Who am I? with a small I. On the website, it has that same thing, but shadowed behind the I is a capital I. And when I looked at that, it spoke to my heart. It said, in order for me to know who I am, I really need to know who God is. And once I know who God is, that will explain to me who I am. Thirty some odd years ago, camp was not like the way we have it today. It was about seven or eight miles down the road in Massanetta Springs. No air conditioning. A long, dark auditorium. And I was about 13 years old. Sitting in the back, bleachers, not really listening to what the minister was saying. And I got caught by the dean of men talking. And I got warned. And 
and in a strong German accent telling me that I should listen to what was being said. And being 13, I didn't like somebody telling me what I needed to do. And I got caught again. And he pulled me down. He didn't want to know what my name was. He asked me one thing. He said, Who's your father? And of course, I had to tell him that it was Fritz Kittelberger. And he knew my dad. And he was very disappointed in me because I was not portraying who my father was. And I got a lecture of who I should be. This evening's scripture, I'd like to read out of the scripture that was chosen for this week, which is found in the book of Ephesians, the second chapter, the tenth verse. And it reads, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. On Sunday night, we heard Brother Dan give us a definition of what workmanship was. And one of the words that he said was a masterpiece. How many people here tonight see themselves as a masterpiece? I'd probably say very few of you. Because you know who you are. You know what you're like. You know your tendencies. You see the real you. And you know you're not a masterpiece. But as many before saw themselves as that and realized God has shown you, listen, there are problems in your life that you need to deal with. And you realize that. And so what you do, as many of us have done before, you go to the book of Psalm, chapter 139, and you say, in verse 23 it reads, Search me, O God, 
and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. We ask God to come into our lives. We ask him to work in our lives. We ask him to make us into his masterpiece. And I think sometimes we're not really sure what we're asking for. So God comes to us and he says, I will work in your life and I will show you things in your life that need to change. And he starts working in our lives and he tells us, he said, you know, you've got a lot of anger in your life. I created anger but you use it in the wrong way. You need to work on that. So you've got pride in your life. You're lazy, but you make people think that you're working. You covet other people's things. Oh, and by the way, there's that secret sin that nobody knows about except for you. And you go to it every time you're bored. You're lonely. You're frustrated. And he says, are you ready for me to work in your life? Are you ready for me to take away that sin? And so we... Ask him, Lord, work in my life. I, I want you to do that, but would you mind doing it this way? Because this way works best for me. Would you mind doing it on, on the sly? I don't want people to see that you're working in my life. And as we go through time, and he works in our life, at some point in time, we say, you know what, Lord? Why don't we take a break? I mean, you've done a lot of good things in my life. I've been working very hard on these things. And, and quite frankly, you know, I've made a lot of changes. And I'm looking pretty good. 
And inevitably, God comes back and asks us, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? I don't know about you, but I see me. I look in the mirror every day and I see me. And God says, that's the problem. When you look in the mirror, you shouldn't see you. You should see my son. And until you see him, we've got a lot of work to do. So he works in our lives even more. And, and it's this constant struggle with him. Because we want to do it our way still. There's certain areas in our life that we don't want God to touch. And he says, oh, so what you're telling me is you would rather me be God in only parts of your life than be God of your whole life. We say, but God, you, know, you, don't, you don't understand. There's a better way to do this. Trust me, it's my life. I know me better than you know me. And if you'd only do it this way, God inevitably will respond back. And in Isaiah 55, verse 8, he says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. The only way that God can make us into his masterpiece is for us to allow him full control in our lives. That's the only way. Anything less than that, we will not be a masterpiece. And the fact of the matter is that we have lived our lives the way we are doing so today for so long that the masterpiece that we are supposed to be doesn't exist. And we have added on to that sculpture or whatever you want it to be the sin 
in our lives that it now looks ugly. And we go to him again and we say, please, Lord, I need you to work in my life. And again, he starts working. And again, we pull back. And we say, you don't understand. This, this hurts. I hurt because of the work that you're doing in my life. It's painful. When God works in our life, at times it can be so painful that you don't want to deal with it. And you say, Lord, you don't understand. Do you realize how much I am sacrificing for you? And he says, don't, please, don't talk to me about pain. Don't talk to me about it hurting. Don't talk to me about sacrifice because I know all three. I've sent my son for pain, for hurt. I sacrificed him on the tree. But not just for that. I've sacrificed him that you could be free, that you could enjoy the spiritual freedom in your life that this world cannot give you. It will not give you. I sent my son that you would have life and have life abundant. And we tell him again how... how, How can I explain this to you? Lord, how can I tell you what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking? Because you just don't understand my life. You don't understand me. God says, I understand. I understand you. I understand you because I created you. I understand you because I spoke the words and you were formed. I know you better than you know yourself. So I know 
the pain that you go through. I know the hurt. I know what you're thinking. And I still love you. But again, we, we go to him and how, how could God, how could God love me? <clears throat> how could God love a person who has let him down time and time again? How could God love a person who has denied him How can God love a person who's rejected him over and over again? God, I've let you down. He says, you never let me down. The fact of the matter is, you were never holding me up. is I hold you up with my victorious right hand and I will give you the strength to follow through. But, but how, Lord? How, how can that be? He says, I love you. Lord, you don't. You can't. You can't love somebody like this. He says, I want to use you. He says, Lord, how can you use this? This is useless. This is garbage. How can you use a piece of garbage? And he, he comes back to us again and again and again. And he says, I know what the problem is. You've bought into the lies and have listened to the voices for so Many years and for so long that were not from me. He says, you do think you're garbage. But you're not. We go through life and, and no one is immune to this. We go through life carrying our baggage with us. And that could be emotional baggage from not being the first person picked on the softball team 
or from being the last person picked. To a parent that may be hard on you, and when you've done something good, you never get praises for that. They only see what you did wrong. To your best friends, letting you down when you needed them the most. And we think that God cannot use this. And he says, come to me. All you are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. See what, how I can help you. Let me teach you. Come to the end of your rope. And say, Lord, I've tried it all. I've tried to do this, and every, every way that I've done always leads to a dead end. I need you to be Lord of my life. I need you to lead me, to guide me. Because we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works, for works that God has ordained us to do. And the only way that we can be a masterpiece is to allow the master to mold us. It's, it's not going to be an easy process. You will have struggles. You will have trials. You will do things wrong. And you're not alone. Paul even said it in Romans. The seventh chapter. Verse 15. He said, For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that I do not. But what I hate, that I do. 
If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that is, that it is good. He tried. He tried with all his might. And no matter what he did, he found that the things that he should be doing, he wasn't doing. And the things that he hated, that he knew God hated, he was doing. And so it will be in your life too. And the reason why is because you're trying to do it. You're trying to mold yourself into that masterpiece. And that's impossible. That will never happen. And God's word tells us, he says, I, I, know, I know it's not going to be easy. I know it's not. The, the road will not be easy. But he says, I, I will be with you. And in John 16, 33, he says, this is Christ speaking. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. It's not an if. It's a you will. But be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. We are children of God. We were created by Him, for Him, to glorify Him. We are a masterpiece. You are his masterpiece. You're not garbage. You're not something that can be tossed aside. You are a light in this world for those that cannot see. You're a voice for those that cannot speak. And you are a masterpiece. No matter what anybody says, God is working in your life God is molding you. And on that final day, when the masterpiece is done, he will say to us, 
Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the kingdom that I have prepared for you, and I have been preparing it for you for 2,000 years now. We are his masterpiece. And through him and by him, we will let others see who he is. Amen.